What's going on, everybody? Welcome to the Biblical Athlete Podcast, where our sport is our ministry. Thanks for tuning in to today's episode. My name is Tony Anderson. I am the founder of TBA and will be your host for this podcast. Today's episode is my interview with Tanika Rubin. Tanika is a professional basketball player, author, and entrepreneur from Claremont, Florida. Before the jumpstart of her basketball career, Tanika learns how to trust God and have faith during the waiting process. Only in her third year as a pro, Tanika has gained much wisdom from her experiences that has led to her success today. Here's my conversation with Tanika Rubin. Sitting down with Tanika Rubin today, uh, really excited about this interview. Uh, long overdue, but um, we got it done today. Um, how you feeling, Tanika? I'm feeling great, man. Thank you for inviting me onto the podcast. I'm excited to um, to speak with you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, yeah, before we get into your story and everything that you've, uh, you've been through and everything that you currently do, I ask open a question to all the guests who come on. Um, and your, in, your, in your definition, what does it mean to be a biblical athlete? Hmm. <laughs> to me, being a biblical athlete, it means that I do everything to the glory of God. So it's kind of the same thing if I was like a, a biblical doctor or, you know, mm-hmm. if I was a teacher, right, right. it doesn't matter what I do, what he sends me out to do. I'm doing it all to his glory. Thankful that he gave me the opportunity. And that's just how I feel about um, being a biblical athlete. Absolutely. Um, yeah, I, I couldn't agree more. So uh, for those who don't know, you kind of give us, you know, a, a summary of your background, upbringing, um, you know, how you came to who you are today, you know, real brief. And then we'll, you know, we'll pick that story apart a little bit. Okay, so I just grew up playing basketball. I, I've been playing since I was like five years old, mm-hmm. and I just fell in love with the game. And my parents were, um, I'm fortunate enough to have parents who supported me through it. And so I played all the way through. My goal was to always play basketball overseas. That was always my goal since I was like 11 years old. Um, but going into my high school, my senior year, I tore mm-hmm. my ACL. And oh, wow. so um, during that time, yeah, it was, it was pretty dep- dep- depressing. I missed out on my senior year of basketball, but during that time, I was able to see, like, I had other interests, and I had other things mm. I was good at, and so it was kind of like a blessing, and, you know, it, it felt like a setback, but it was a blessing, and so from there, I took the junior college route. I played two years at a junior college in Arizona, uh, Glendale Community College, and then I went to Florida A&M University, where I finished and got my bachelor's in business, and so, like I said, my goal was always to play overseas. And so from there, I didn't become a pro right away after I graduated from family, mm. but I had an opportunity to go to London and get my master's and kind of be like a student athlete again. Oh, wow, so I okay. did that for a year. Mm. Yeah, that was, that was really good. Cool. I enjoyed it. And I came home after that thinking that I was going to get my first pro contract right away. And mm. it didn't, it didn't go down like that. So I was home for a little while and um, I eventually did get my first contract to Portugal. So now I'm in my third year. Man, um, you you honestly made my job a little easy. You kind of gave me the whole rundown. So now we're just going to try to pick <laughs> everything. going to try to pick everything apart. But uh, thank you for that. Um, that's that very helpful for me. Um, so let's back up a little bit. So you growing up, um, did you grow up in like a faith based household? Uh, um, you know, was that important to your family, or was your walk with Christ kind of something that you had for yourself? later on or you know kind of give us like your faith journey 
I'm, I'm laughing as you asked that question because, because uh, my dad, my dad's a pastor. So I grew up as um, a pastor's kid, you know, uh, they say, they say P- P- yeah. man. And PKs, yeah. So I, I actually lived up to that. I was, I was a rough kid. I was rough around the edges, but I grew up in a, in a home mm-hmm. who that taught um, the gospel. And so I knew it. I just didn't live by it until I got a little bit older. And so, um, yeah, that's part of my testimony. But yeah, I um, <laughs> I definitely can uh to re- can relate to that. Um, my dad wasn't a pastor, but uh, he all but he was ordained minister. Um, he sung in the the men's choir, all that stuff. So we were very involved in church growing up, and I always believed in God. Always, you know, um, never really had any doubts like that. Always, you know, respected the Bible and all things like that. But you know, I always had this perspective, like you know. I'm going to live my life and then later on, I'm going to take it seriously. But, um, you know, as God will have it, you know, he would meet me a lot earlier (laughs) than expected. Um, Yeah. So um, I want to get a little bit into your your earlier um, basketball career. You were talking about how you, uh, you know, went to uh, went from high school to junior college and other things. So at what point was basketball like that? I I know you said you grew up playing basketball. Like what point was it that basketball was like? You know, I actually like doing this. I can see myself, like you said, in, in the future on the play overseas and things like that. Like, so, like, what was basketball? Um, like, you know, kind of like what was like your your interest with the game? How did it stick out to you, and why did you see yourself going a long way with it? Um, I gravitated towards it when I was really young, but um, we were in like a basketball town, mm-hmm. and so there were a lot there was a really good, it was a solid youth program. And there were retired players from college and from the pros who came back and they like were coaches, they were, you know, um, trainers and everything. And mm-hmm. so we were able to kind of have a view of what could be with the game. Mm-hmm. And so I saw that young age and somehow I found out about playing overseas. I don't really know how that came about, but I remember being very young and realizing, I told my parents, I was like, I'm going to play basketball overseas. <laughs> <laughs> And from there, yeah, that's um that's interesting because because you 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 specifically said overseas. You didn't mention the WNBA. So like, what was it about overseas that you you know really uh was interested in? Was it you know just traveling, understand different cultures, or you know what was it? That's a great question. I really don't know the answer to that. I just know that that was what I said. But mm-hmm. I do know I was um, my dad was in the army. And so I was born in Germany. So maybe oh, okay. it was already in my blood mm-hmm. overseas. I, I don't know. But um, yeah, I wanted to play overseas. Yeah. That makes sense. So um, kind of give us like, you know, kind of like the, the journey from, you know, because uh, you say you tore your ACL senior year. Kind of give it like that, that journey of, you know, winding down your last, you know, your last days of your high school career going into, uh, you know, JUCO and everything. I mean, that was a that was a really tough time for me. So that was like the first real time that my faith was tested. Mm, and like okay. I said, I grew up in the church, but I wasn't really I didn't have the solid foundation. Right. And so this was mm-hmm. the first time where it was like, OK, do you trust God? Like this is what this is what it looks like to trust God through adversity. Mm-hmm. And so, um, like I said, I missed my whole senior year. I did get a chance to play in the playoffs. We had two games until we got eliminated. And I just wasn't the same. Like my knee was still kind of messing with me. Right. Mm. And so I knew I wasn't completely ready. 
and I opted to go to a junior college. And in my mind, and just the way that teenagers thought at this point in time, going to a junior college was like a fail, a failure. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. So that was mm-hmm. that was that was the point of view, and that was my perspective on it. So yeah, mm-hmm. I was getting a, a full scholarship, but I didn't see it as a blessing. I didn't see it as like okay. And this is an opportunity for me to continue my career. And mm-hmm. so I was kind of down <laughs> going into it, you know, regardless of the, the great opportunity. I was like, ah, this is not, you know, what I had planned. And so mm-hmm. going into school, I still had my goal. Like, I'm going to get out of here. I'm going to go uh, get a scholarship at a, at a university. But I just, I didn't see it the way God wanted me to see it until a little bit later. Yeah. So, um, so from there, kind of, how did you, cause you said that was like the first time you kind of, you know, your faith was tested. So how did you kind of, you know, get through that in a sense? Cause obviously it's something that you didn't have, uh, previous knowledge on growing, going into situations. So how did you kind of come out of situation, you know, seeing things from like, you know, a God, you know, God perspective. It was really my family that rallied around me. So I can remember times where like after practice, not I didn't practice, but I had to watch my team practice. And mm-hmm. I'll come home and I'll be in my room just sad. And so like <laughs> I remember times where my where my mom or my dad would come in my room and you know, they would see me sad and I'll just, you know, if someone asks you, Are you okay? But you're already sad, so you start crying. Mm-hmm. I hate that. Yeah. So <laughs> you know, I was yeah. like, man, why are you asking me that? But yeah, yeah I'll start crying and they would just minister to me and talk to me about, you know, how faith works and Mm -hmm. this is opportunity for you to really step into um your faith in christ and pray and talk to god tell him how you feel Mm. so i started to do that and it really stretched me it it grew me in that season for that moment Mm, that's man i i love that um that's i feel like it's it's very crucial for honestly everybody but especially uh kids who grew up in the church it's like you know we're so used to you know you know, uh, you know, hearing the gospel and going to church and like that, but it's never really our, you know, uh, our walk is always, you know, you know, my dad is a pastor or, you know, I go every week just because, you know, it's a family thing, but it's a beautiful thing once, you know, we meet God for ourselves and, you know, God reveals stuff to us um, to the point where we can't say, you know, this is, you know, this is my dad's favor. This is my mom's favor. This is my faith that I'm trying to live out. And I have a similar situation as well in my life when I had to, you know, kind of break away from riding my family's, you know, you know, wings in terms of like, you know, their salvation, everything. I had to get it for myself. So, um, yeah, that's that's the beauty of, you know, uh, walking with walking with Christ. So so from there, um, what was the process coming out of that going into the JUCO? Like, did your perspective change? Like, did you, you know, like like is your like is your faith with Christ strengthened? Um, moving forward, like, did you see things differently in the world, basketball, like all type of things, like kind of like walk us through like that, that, that process. Man, I, I was just really hard headed. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Okay, you know, after she got her act together, mm-hmm. you know, she is for Christ. And I went to school and I was, I was very determined. Just, I knew my goal. I knew that, I knew that God was going to bring me through that. He brought me there for a purpose at this point. I knew that, mm-hmm. but I just didn't really commit to living for him. Mm. Right. I, I still was kind of in and out. I was still kind of in and out. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. But as far as basketball goes, when I look back, and I usually do look back a lot, I see that his hand was on me the whole entire time. Mm-hmm. And how there were situations that I put myself in where I wasn't at the right place that I should have been. I could have gotten in big trouble doing things I shouldn't have done. Mm-hmm. But he always spit and times where I even could have lost my scholarship or, mm. you know, just been in situations. God always had his hand on me. And so, um, yes, it's, it's been a, a journey. It was a journey in June. <laughs> June yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's, man, that's, that's funny. So, um, so you say you're from Florida and I know you say you went up going to FAMU. Um, how was that, you know, going back home and, you know, you say you were in Arizona at first at the JUCO. Like, how was that coming back home? Like, was that your, like, was that your goal to come back home or was that, you know, the only situation or on the, or the only offer that you had? Like, what was that like, like going back home? That's a good question. That was my goal. I wanted to be closer to my family so they can mm-hmm. see me play the opportunity to, you know, see my little brother and sister. They were growing they were in uh, middle school at the time. So I wanted to see them play their sports and just be closer to family. And so I looked up schools that were in Florida, closer to that area. And so I had, um, it was between Stetson and Florida A&M. And I went on a family visit and it was just everything I wanted. And I was like, okay, I'm going there. Shout out to HBCUs. Shout out to HBCUs for sure. That's what's up. So, um, so how was your, uh, your, your college journey, because I know you said prior to that, when you finally came to Christ, it wasn't, it was kind of like, you know, like you said, like kind of like a lukewarm type thing. Like, did it, like, did it finally become real to you in college or would you still kind of ride in that fence even then? I was still riding the fence and I'm like, Lord, you are so <laughs> good because you, you know, I was, uh, I got to fam you, uh, my whole goal was, you know, I got to family. I got, I got the scholarship and I don't know if you've ever been to family. It's like a party school. It's mm-hmm. real hype. Everybody is partying. And so I kind of got into that. I got mm-hmm. really sucked in. You know, I was still doing good on the court, but I was distracted. Mm-hmm. And so what happened was after my first semester, I'm a junior at this point. Um, I almost didn't, I almost didn't make the grade. So I was pretty much, actually what happened was I was ineligible. So what happens when you're ineligible is usually they'll just send you home, especially if you're new or um, if you're a freshman or what have you. Right. So I was ineligible. Uh, technically I was ineligible, but like I said, when I look back, God had grace. God has showed me so much grace and something happened where I was not ineligible. That's all mm. I'm saying. Mm. I was eligible. Something happened to where they they pushed me through, and so that was a moment for me that was really big because it was like two weeks. Um, I was trying to figure out if I was gonna have to go home or not. So like, two weeks is a long time yeah. to be like, oh, mm-hmm. am I gonna lose my scholarship? Mm-hmm. So during that time, I was like, okay, this is what happened. I may not have made the grades. I may have to come home. And so what my dad did is he sent me this like. It's not a prayer. It's kind of like a declaration. Mm. It's about the favor of God is on my life. I have to send it to you. I'm going to send it to you. For but sure. it was something that he was just like, I want you to like, you know, pray this over yourself and declare it. I want you to say it out loud. And mm. I did. And, you know, at this point, yeah, I believed in Jesus and I had my faith in Christ, but I wasn't living it. And right. so I'm like, is God even going to listen to me? You know, is he going to mm. honor me? Yeah, I, I, yeah. I, I, so I was just, let me say it anyway, because my dad said, 
you know, I'm going to say, and I've seen God work before. So let me, let me try it. Mm-hmm. And man, they turned that thing over. I was like, oh, that's <laughs> when things really turned around. I was gonna ask you. I was like, that's okay, cool. now did you did you clean up even then, or did you? Because <laughs> you know, you know how it be. Like you know, you our guy appreciate you, but let me keep. <laughs> yeah. Keep going. Yeah. But that's I tried to yeah, change from that. That's what's up. So, uh, so overall, like, how was your your basketball success at FAMU? Um, uh, leaving, um, like you know, leaving your JUCO and going to FAMU, and then eventually turning pro. Like, how was like your the end of your your college experience for you? It was really good. I enjoyed FAMU. I played really well. One of the things, though, I tell people is, I wish I would have done more in terms of putting in more work, going yeah. into the gym mm-hmm. when I have time. Because I look back, it's like, man, I could have, I did well, but I could have done much better. Mm-hmm. And so, you know, besides that. Besides that, that's a learning experience. But besides that, it was really good. And just um, just the teammates that I had that, you know, I still stay in contact with now. It was a family for sure. Yeah, man, that's yeah. that man, that that hit home. Um, You know, looking back, like I could have you know, I could have did so much. I could have did that. But you like you said, like it's a learning experience, you know, um, looking back, you know, hindsight is 2020. So the best thing we can do is just learn from it and move forward. Um. Yeah, so the so the part of your story that I've been I've been kind of rushing a little bit to trying to get to this point because I'm really excited about this part of you uh went like the the journey of post college moving into your uh, professional career. So um, this <laughs> um I, let me calm down a little bit because I'm because I like hearing you know the rags the riches stories like, like I love hearing the the underdog I, I love I love those stories. So um, let me back up a little bit. So um, some time ago, um, um, you came on the uh, TBA IG page and you did one of our videos for the halftime thoughts segment. And on there, you uh, I think it's episode, I think it's episode five. And you came on there and you was telling the story about how you getting your first deal and having to wait on God and have to trust God during that time. So can you kind of walk us through the journey of you finally graduating um, and then finally getting your first deal. Um, I think you said you, you went to London before then, right? Um, before you got your first deal, right? Okay. So just walk us through like the whole journey of, you know, like the first, the first days out of college. Okay, man. So I, I came, okay. So my whole goal after London was, you know, stay home for a few months and then go ahead. I'm going to get my first contract and, you know, be gone. Mm-hmm. And so what I did right after London, instead of flying home to Florida, I flew to L.A. to go to this combine that I had heard about. And I knew it was a pretty good combine. And so I went and I killed it. So I'm like, OK, this mm-hmm. is it. You know, this is going to be. Mm-hmm. And what happened was after I came back home to Florida, um, I started working with the high school, like as a trainer next to the coach uh, for the summer and it was like three days after I had came home I hurt my ankle really bad it was like a high ankle sprain mm. messed up my tibia and so immediately God slew, slowed me down he was like okay you're gonna sit down mm. and I didn't see it like that at first I was like, okay you know I got a little injury I'm gonna be back up in no time and it took me months to get up and start playing again but even as I'm contacting teams and agents and networking I'm not getting any deals and so I was like okay like 
the optimism that I had, it was kind of going out the window. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and then I'm a little, I'm getting a little, you know, a little frustrated, like, okay, God, what's going on? And um, what happened was, like I said, he slowed me all the way down, like all the way down where I was really just sitting at home. And I told my dad, I'm like, man, this is kind of frustrating. You know, I'm not really doing what I want to do. And he's like, you enjoy this time because there's going to be a time where you're, you're going to be so busy. You're going to be too busy to be bored. I think that's what he said. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, okay, yeah, I wasn't really listening, but, but I'm, I'm still in this place of waiting. I'm still waiting and still expecting. And so what happened during this time, um, my dad was like, you should work in the youth ministry. They need an extra youth leader. Mm. I was just like, goodness, you know, <laughs> yeah. everything, oh, I'm, I'm every, everything I'm not trying to do. Yeah. Everything I'm not trying to do. So it shows just at that point that I'm just thinking about myself. Mm-hmm. I'm just thinking about what I want to do at this point. What I have to realize basketball was my idol. So I'm mm-hmm. only thinking about basketball. Is my goal. And mm-hmm. so I start working with the youth. And at first, honestly, I was really doing it half-heartedly because I'm just like, I'm, tr- I'm not trying to get a bond with these kids. I'm trying to go, mm-hmm. you know? <laughs> so as I sat with them week after week, I started to see that these kids are going through real life. You know, they're, yeah. they have friends committing suicide. Wow. They, they're mm-hmm. dealing with team drugs, all kinds of stuff. And so I started to see that what they're dealing with, what I'm, what I'm dealing with has nothing, you know, it's not even close to what they have to go through every day and the pressures that, that they're under with the culture and everything. And so I started to see that that was a big part of God's purpose, purpose in having me home. Uh, he wanted to show me that I have something to offer to the next generation. That was mm. number one. And the number two, like I said, was basketball was my idol. Mm. And so slow me down to the point. He showed me that, that he was my provider and that mm-hmm. even like joy and peace, things that I try to look for and other things, like I can only really get that from him. Mm-hmm. And I remember he was trying to really get me to like surrender mm-hmm. under like he was like really pressing me and I yeah. didn't really see like that at first he was trying to get me like you said before we started the podcast it was like um a kid the kid the kid analogy mm-hmm. where it's like okay we're gonna stand up until you get it right and so I remember a lady at the church she was <laughs> I love her so anyway <laughs> she told me you know the children the children of Israel, they wandered in the wilderness for was like 40 years, 40 years until yep. mm-hmm. 40 years. And they didn't have to wander that long. But, you know, God was trying to get them to understand something. Right. Mm-hmm. Trying to get them to get it right. Mm-hmm. And I was thinking, like, that's not, I know she's not talking about <laughs> that's the worst part. I was like, that, that's not me. You know, I'm just totally in denial. Mm-hmm. But it was me, right? It was me. So like I said, he was pressing me. He was trying to get me to a point. And fast forward, fast forward to like three months before I ended up getting my contract. I'm sitting in my room and I'm like in tears. So I'm, I'm finally at the point that God wants me to get to. I don't know how he got me here. I don't know how he got me here. Mm-hmm. But I'm sitting on the edge of my bed and I'm like, God, if I never play basketball again, I'm still going to serve you. I'm still going to trust yes. you. And do all me to do, and mm-hmm. I'm like, I know I didn't, say that, but I must have meant it. I would have never said that, and so yeah. that was the point. I was like the point where it all came to a head, 
And then from there, things kind of accelerated and I ended up getting my first contract. Mm. But it was like, okay, well, this journey ugh, man. hurt, man. That, oh my gosh, that's, man, it's, it's funny. Like, it's funny how, how God works. So this is, so this is the fifth episode and literally every person I have had on prior to this, uh, this episode has all dealt with that same thing in, in their own way of surrendering their game to God and laying down the idol of the game to finally surrender to God and seeing their sport the, you know, the right way with the right perspective. And it's amazing how we all can relate to that in, in every area of our lives, but especially as athletes, because we, um, like for me, like I've been playing sports since I was four years old. So literally the majority of my whole life has been dedicated to sports. So it's easy to think that wow. this is all I do. This is who I am. This is, you know, this is my, it's like, you know, the, the term ball is life, like all these things, like that's our, you know, that's our mm -hmm. mindset. But, you know, obviously growing with Christ, it can't, it can't be two gods, you know, it can't be basketball and God on the same level. It can't be, it's either one or the other. And, you know, it's, it's funny how he always breaks us down to that moment of saying, you know, you got to choose, you know, it's either me or this game or me and whatever else, you know, you're, you're, you're uh, put on that pedestal. And it's, it's amazing to, to see that. And it, it just excites me to hear people have similar situations because I had that in my own life several times of, yeah. you know, trying to surrender in, you know, uh, you know, uh, put God first and all these different things. So it's, man, it's like, that kind of got me inside a little bit. So, um, so, so from there kind of, you know, what was like the, so like, you know, kind of like finish off like that little part of the story when you actually first got your actual, you know, first contract. Okay. So, um, it was a, it was a different situation. So after that, after that moment, right, a few weeks went by and I had a dream. So mm. in my dream, I did a little, a small part of it. I was in Spain. I was in Spain and um, I had been invited to a men's basketball game mm -hmm. from these guys I knew in London. It was weird. So I'm like, okay, I, I thought I'm going to the game to watch them play, but I ended up watching women play. And so um, in the dream, I was like, oh, it's my chance. You know, I'm going to convince the coach that I'm supposed to be on the team. So in mm. the dream, I'm trying to convince them that I'm supposed to be on the team. And I'm like, really, um, you know, just doing the most, trying to convince them. And turns out they asked me to come outside. I came outside and there's a bunch of kids outside. Mm. So I, I'm like, OK, I woke up and that was the dream. But I remember specifically being in Spain. And so at this point in my life, um, in real life, I'm dealing with this trainer and he was like, Sneaker, we got to get to another combine. And at this point, I'm, I'm very, you know, frustrated. I'm not over it, but I'm kind of discouraged still. And he was like, we got to get to another combine, uh, look up some combines and, you know, bring them to me the next time we train. Mm -hmm. And so I just kind of, before I met up with him, I just did a quick Google search, just kind of appease him because I was tired of him bothering me. And mm -hmm. I saw um, a program out of Spain called Euro Pro Basket. Mm -hmm. I was like, oh, man, <laughs> you know, is this what God was trying to me? Mm -hmm. Is that what you, you were thinking? And so <laughs> I was like, I heard of um, this program, Your Pro Basket, which I had heard of before, like years before, but I didn't really um, look into it. But at this moment, it stuck out to me because of the dream. And so fast forward, I save up some money. Some um, people, some friends and family helped me save up money to go to Your Pro Basket because it was pretty expensive. And I get there. And your pro basket is basically um, 
a combine slash academy to help players get their first contract and kind of show them how the game in Europe is. Mm -hmm. I get there and it was a big risk because you pay for it and you're there for, you're supposed to be there for three weeks. And if it doesn't work out, you know, you go back home. And so I get to Spain for your pro basket and I get my first contract in three days, Mm. not even three, three days. And I got sent to Portugal and it was just, it was up from there. Man, that's, what? that's, that's crazy. So, so after that moment, did you like, cause you know, kind of, I'm trying to, I'm trying to think because that like, that is so, that's so dope. But like, how did you view the game of basketball after you finally surrendered it? Like, cause obviously before that it wasn't idle to you, but here you are still pursuing to play, but you still have to put it in its right place. You know what I'm saying? So kind of how, you know, how did you go about doing that? And how would you even encourage, you know, anybody else listening to who has dealt with that, who is dealing with that to put the game in the right perspective? Yeah, that's a good question. After that moment where I just surrendered it, I saw the game. I saw it was just like a vehicle to my purpose, right? It's Mm -hmm. not my purpose. I I was always feeling like, oh, you know, my purpose, but it was just a vehicle to my purpose. And so just another assignment. So wherever God sent me, I saw it as ministry and he just wants me to, you know, shine his light to whoever, whether it's the coaches, the trainers, the players, it doesn't mean that I'm like quoting scriptures everywhere, but it it means that, you know, my life represents him Um, still in the context of my personality and everything like that. But, you know, it's, it's different when I show up because the presence of God is there now. And so that's how I saw it. Absolutely, man. That just, oh, that did my heart so good to listen to because <laughs> I feel the same exact way. That's 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 who I am to a T. That's why I, I started the biblical athlete to try to merge the gap. Um, yeah, so like to hear that, like that's super encouraging that, um, yeah, that's that, that's dope. That's that's super dope. So, so, um, so from there, you you go to Portugal. So kind of walk us through to from Portugal to where you are now. Yeah, so I um, ended up in Portugal. That was the second half of the season. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I showed up at Christmas, like in January. And I kind of had, I put some pressure on myself a little bit because I had replaced a girl who um, she played, uh, I forgot what she played, but she went to a pretty good school. And so I had mm-hmm. I replaced her. And so I was like, oh, man, you know, I have to do better than she did. And so I had a lot of pressure and just voices in my head. But um, it was just another reminder. God reminded me that I placed you here for a reason. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know, that rose up in me again. And so we finished the season off. We made the playoffs. It was good. And uh, went home for the summer. And the same people who helped me with the first contract, you're a pro basket. They got me my second contract in Spain. Actually, they got me all three. But I went to Spain and um, that was a awesome experience oh, I, because I that's bet. when I really yeah, it was it was I, I really bet, good yeah. just the club but but really um that club interacts with kids a lot so the mm. kid they really like get players in with the young the young clubs and the young teams and so I was able to really uplift kids and show them what's possible mm-hmm. and that was a, that was really important yeah that's and that's then, dope um, yeah that's dope how um like even how you were talking about earlier before you um got your first pro contract you were you know helping um kids out at the church and 
you kind of still was doing that. So it's, you know, it's, you know, it's, it's kind of making it clear to you that, you know, you have a calling for the, for the youth. Um, and yeah, that's, 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 that's super dope. So being a professional athlete, being overseas and being by yourself and all these different things, how have you navigated through the, the struggles of being in a foreign country and, you know, being by yourself and things like that? Um, I've gradually gotten better at it. So when I was in London, there were moments where the isolation really weighed on me mm. and I didn't really know how to um, handle it. You know, I didn't know how to grab for, I didn't know how to, how to grab for the word or I didn't know that I should be leaning on God at this time. Mm-hmm. And so I've learned every time I came home, it's like, I got a little bit, str- I got a little bit stronger, right? I got mm-hmm. a little bit stronger because God did something. He showed me something. He taught me something. And so being by myself and being in different countries, especially not being able to go to church in certain mm-hmm. places where there's a, um, I really just have to learn how to read the Bible because reading the Bible wasn't fun for me before. Mm-hmm. And it was, it wasn't appealing. And so I learned how to really get into my word and um dig in and really learn how to pray and really talk to God like he's really my friend you know times where I felt alone I could really talk to God even ask him things and he would actually answer me and so but besides that it's important to have a community of people even that are not really there with you but even like one or two people who you can lean on or call and hit up and say hey you know this is what's going on with me? Can you pray for me? It's different Mm -hmm. to have friends that you can talk to about like, you know, what's going on with like love and hip hop. But when you have friends who can help pray you through different situations, that's a whole nother, you know, that's a whole nother thing. And and if you don't have that, you really, if you're listening, you should pray and ask God to bring that into your life because I didn't have that before. And I wanted it because I saw how beneficial it was. And I was like, you know what, God, I want Christian friends. I want friends, you know, who can help me build me up in the faith. And he really did that for me. And um, they may not look like how you want them to, because when they came in my life, I was like, yeah, they corny. You know? <laughs> <laughs> hey, I feel you. I feel you. I, I feel you on that one. I ain't gonna lie. I feel you. But it's what you, it's what you need. And now if God brought them into your life, then it's going to be exactly what you need. And, Absolutely. you know, it's, it's been a blessing for sure well that 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 encourages me because that's what i'm trying to do with the biblical athlete like give us a community of people while we're you know different places and things like that so we don't feel like we're alone even we even though we are physically alone in the time so um so anyway you you talked about early on like earlier in the in in the interview how you said that during that time when you were at home and you were waiting um you said like a, a lot of different interests and things came out and desires came out that you didn't know that you even had so you know, kind of what were those interests, what were the desires and kind of how did you, you know, even tap into those? Um, so during that time where I got injured in high school, I had a teacher who she really wanted me to be in her class. It was a marketing class. And I was like, uh, you know, maybe, maybe I'll do it. But during this time, I had so much time. So I was like, I'll do it. And so I joined her marketing class and, and she kind of helped me to see that I had a passion for business. And I was like enterprising ideas that I wanted to do. And she showed me that they're possible and how I could um, execute them, you know, later on. 
and um, how I could intertwine my passion for basketball with business and kind of helping like creating gyms and, and youth clinics and stuff like that. Sure. And so um, that was one thing. And, and then on top of that, I was always like a writer, but I had more time to write. And so I started to journal and I started to kind of write down my feelings. And it also became a way for me to talk to God too. So I would mm-hmm. kind of, you know, tell God how I was feeling in that moment. Um, and so writing became something else that I saw that, okay, this is, you know, this is a thing for me. Yeah. So, so with that, you, you, you're being kind of modest about it, but I'm going to bring it out of you. So you wrote a book, um, I want to say last year, right? Was it last year or year before last? It was last year, right? Before I left Spain from the pandemic. Yeah, we wrote, wrote a, a book. book. Um, winners win, right? Or yeah, that's right. Winners win. Yes. Yeah, I wrote, oh, you, yeah, I wrote yeah, it. You, you weren't even trying to talk about it. Yeah, yeah, get into that a little bit. I mean, okay, right. okay. So I wrote yeah. Winners Win after I came back from Portugal. And so I was actually supposed to be writing when I was in Portugal. I felt God tugging me, you know, right, mm-hmm. right. And I was not writing. I was hanging out. I was going to see the city, you know, hanging out with my teammates. And as soon as I came home from Portugal, it was like, okay, this is the time to write. And it all came. It was like, man, I should have been writing the whole time because I felt God say, it's time to write a book. I would have had more material to write it. Sure. And so from that time that I came home in May, um, I had to do, I actually was going to be a, a camp counselor for a camp in, um, in Pennsylvania. And I was going to be leaving in like a month and a half. So I was like, oh man, I have to write this before I leave because that camp was like the whole rest of the summer and I had to leave again. So I was like, okay, I have to sit down and write it. And so when I committed to sitting down and writing, like God's grace just fell on me. And I wrote the book in like a month and a half. Mm. And um, I decided I was at first I was like, well, what does he want me to write about? And it was just the wisdom from all of my life experiences becoming, you know, who I am right now. And so I was able to put it down and really touch on some topics that, you know, a lot of young people, but even not young people, like people just deal with mm-hmm. um, what happens when God says not yet, you know, um, what it looks like to embrace your identity as a child of God, you know, um, even me coming from being like a troubled youth to someone who is now following Christ Mm -hmm. and what it looks like to change. And, you know, sometimes people around you don't understand that you change, but you still have to walk that out Mm -hmm. uh, regardless. So just a lot of different things, but winners win is really about unlocking that potential that God placed inside of you. Yeah, that's dope. Um, So I'm curious why the title winners win. Man, so winners winners is something that I always said. It was something I picked up a couple of years before I started saying it. If I tweeted something, it'd be like hashtag winners win. Mm-hmm. But um, for me, like now that I wrote it and so I've been able to have dialogue with people, it's a good question of what does it mean to win to you? You know, mm. it's kind of like a play on as an athlete, we look at winning as like the ultimate thing. Right. But it's not always about that. Sometimes when you're winning, it, it looks like you're losing. You know, it's not always a, like winning as the world sees it. Sure. But but winners win is just really about becoming the best version of yourself, who God has called you to be, and like unpacking different layers and healing and and just you know releasing old things that shouldn't be there. Just really mm-hmm. becoming the best version who God called you to be. For sure. Um. So it's, 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 it's dope to see how when you, when you finally 
like surrender the game, all these other things that you didn't even know you possess or you even, you know, desire, it kind of came to light. And, and I know I'll put all your business out there today. Um, you also, uh, <laughs> you also have a, a brand, right? A clothing line, right? Oh, yes. My you sister were, and I you forgot um, about that. Started. I didn't forget. No, <laughs> I didn't forget. Don't say that. You, like you supposed to shout us out every time you go somewhere. So I didn't forget. I didn't forget. Yeah. But um, <laughs> Bear Love, yeah. Bear Love, we started that a few months ago, actually right before I came out here. And Bear stands for Be a Rare Example. And we wanted to we wanted it to be about being a rare example of love and just highlighting the love of God. And so we don't want to just sell clothes, but we also highlight people who are doing things in their communities and just touching the outside, you know, mm-hmm. being mm-hmm. hands to reach the outside. For sure. I am I am a I'm a huge fan of Bear Love. I gotta get my hands on some, you know, on some merch here soon. Um, I love what you guys are doing. Um yeah, but man, this 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 has been very, very, you know, like it it, it has truly blessed me because like I think about my own life and I think about the things that I have went through. And a lot of times you feel like you're alone in your situations and your storms and your trials. But then to hear somebody come on and go through similar situations and similar things, like it's just, you know, it unifies all of us. So, man, I that was yeah, that, that was truly dope to hear your story. Um, I've been, you know, like I said before, I've been trying to get you on for a minute. Like we had connected like last year or so. And um, one question that I, one question that 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 um, I don't know if you remember, but I had said it to you a while ago. But uh, I want to ask you now. Um, OK, from afar, it looks as if God has been elevating you like very quickly. It's like every time I look up, Tanika is writing a blog for somebody. Tanika is doing an interview for somebody. She's she's on a podcast. She's doing this. She's doing that. She's always she's on a panel for this. She's on IG Live with somebody else's you know business, whatever. Like, how has it been like seeing God kind of elevate you? And from there, how do you even handle the you know the limelight in a sense? Oh, man. That is a really good question. That's a question no one's ever asked me. I've always thought about it. No one's ever asked me. I I would say that um, it seems like it seems like it's happening like this. Mm -hmm. But during that time where God really slowed me down, he was, you know, this whole time he was just preparing me. Mm -hmm. He was preparing me. So it's like he's given me the grace to handle it. And I don't really know exactly how to answer that, mm. but I just kind of, I'm just going to get to, you know, God's grace is carrying me through every stage, whether I'm like, you know, on the move or, or whether he slows me down, I've kind of learned how to let his grace just, you know, take me in and out of these seasons. And um, yeah. Man, that's, I love that. But now I, I've, I've always thought about that. Cause like when we got first connected, I'm like, she doing it. She doing what? She doing that now. She doing this. I'm like, and she all over the place. <laughs> um, but but, but one thing. What do you say? I will say. This. I will say this. Um, it's kind of like that's what what happened in my life once I finally gave God my yes. So mm-hmm. before I gave God my yes, you know, none of this was happening. These doors weren't opening. But once. I said, okay, God, I'm going to do whatever it is that you call me to do. And some of these things that like I'm doing, I'm terrified to do them. 
I, it's just like he's I, like, do it. I, said, I can 100% relate because I am a huge introvert. I don't, I don't like public don't stuff. Like, like yeah. I'm like that's me all day. But I, I 100% uh, relate to that for sure. It's it's low key terrifying at yeah. times. Right. Start even starting this podcast. But once you did it, you're like, man, guy, you've been such a blessing to me, and I've seen why you told me to do it. Yeah. I'm, just, I'm just gonna keep going. The flow. Yeah, man, that's. Um, but 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 what I was about to say was like I like one thing I, I do know when it comes to God and when it comes to God elevating and promoting his people is it's not an overnight thing. We may like for me looking at your story, it, it looks like an overnight thing, but I know that has has to be tons and tons of hour of preparation, tons and tons of hour of being sat down, tons and tons of hours of, you know, surrendering all those different things. And um, this, those are things that that we don't see. That's why I always want to give people an opportunity to, to, to share that. Cause we live in this, you know, you know, this, this one minute, this quick satisfy, uh, you know, this quick, you know, fulfilling generation when we don't see the behind the scenes and people think that stuff happened overnight and that's not the case. You know what I'm saying? Like you look at, um, you look at Noah building the ark. That was the last thing from, you know, that, that was the furthest thing from overnight. That was, I don't know if I would be able to do that. Like that was a long time him building the art, but when the time came, he was ready. And I kind of see that with your situation is like you put in all the time to finally, you know, say, okay, God, I'm going to do this the right way. I'm going to do it the way you're telling me to do it. And whenever the time comes, I'll be ready. And, 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 and it, it just, it attributes to your preparation in the, in the wilderness to say, okay, I'm going to do this. I don't know when it's going to happen. I don't know how it's going to happen, but I know it's going to happen. So I'm going to trust you with the future and whatever comes from it, you know, I'll know how to, you know, continue to move through it. And, and honestly, let's think back, like that's all God desires. You know, he desires just the yes, you know, he'll take care of the rest. We just, have, you know, we just have to surrender. And I just see that through and through with your, te- with your testimony. It's like God has been, you know, knocking on your heart for years and years. And then when you finally said, okay, I'm here now. And then from there, you just start, you know, start being the Tanika that we all see, you know, and it just has been, you know, yeah. great to see from afar. Thank you. Amen. Hey, I'm, <laughs> I'm, I'm blessed by that. That was, that was good. Yeah. Amen. Absolutely. But man, Tanika, thank you so much for, for sitting down with me. This, um, I'm a little biased, but this has been my favorite one so far. Um, um, hey, everybody else who came before me. I love y'all. I appreciate y'all. But this one hit a little home for me because a lot of things, you know, was uh, was resonating. A lot of things were uh, similar in situations and stories. But, man, thank you so much for taking time. Um, I want to give you opportunity to uh, to tell us where we can get your book at, because I want to give you yeah, like I said, I'll give you opportunity to, uh, to push that as much as you can to get the message out. For sure. Well, first of all, thank you for having me. I'm glad we finally got the opportunity to connect. This mm-hmm. uh, whole combo has been—it's been a blessing. But um, people can get my book at my website, TanikaRubin.com. So TanikaRubin.com, and then you just click book, and then you can go ahead and purchase it from there. Uh, yeah. I'll be sure to put all that—you know—all that stuff in the uh, in the details for the show, so people can just, you know click on it and everything. Um, but like I said, and also put, uh, put bare love in there as well. Well, Tanika, thank you so much for uh, taking time out of your schedule to uh, sit down with me and chop it up a little bit. This has been 
a very, very edifying conversation. And um, yeah, man, like I said, just, just thank you so much. Uh, pray the best for you moving forward and um, hope to connect with you uh, soon moving forward and, um, you know, see what God does. For sure. Thank you for having me. And I'm excited to see how the biblical athlete grows in the future. Well, that wraps it up for another episode. I pray that you were blessed by today's conversation. Make sure that you rate and subscribe to this podcast in order to be notified for new episodes. If this podcast blessed you in any way, pass along to anyone you believe will be encouraged by it. To stay in the loop on all things TBA, visit thebiblicalathlete.com or on Instagram at thebiblicalathlete as well. Thanks again for tuning into today's episode. God bless.